0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money Investing Show. This week, we are talking about the world of insurance. Risk insurance is a critically important part of your financial planning journey. We'll talk about the merits of uh, picking the right kind of policies that are appropriate for you, and also discuss switching, as well as over and under insurance. Not necessarily the most exciting, but certainly one of the more important episodes if you're looking to make sure you have peace of mind and a secure future. See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter,
1: and as always, my offsider and co host, Mitchell Laurential. Pleasure to be here, as always, Mr. Baxter. Now, diving into today's topic, a fairly hairy one at that, but super important because we're going to go down the route of insurance, TPD, mm. Life Insurance Income Protection, paramount to any wealth creation and preservation strategy. Look, certainly is. Insurance is that big trade off
0: between cost and peace of mind. You know, you've got to. Handle the burden of the cost of having an insurance policy, and and what's that worth to you versus the peace of mind that having the right kind of insurance can bring? Everybody is different. Everyone's got a different risk appetite. Everyone's got a different attitude uh, towards the importance of being able to sleep at night and and legacy and things like that. So certainly, yeah, all insurance is 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 a, a critical area to evaluate as part of your money journey. You know, and if we. Go back over some of the previous ground, you know, our business in the share market, being able to insure shares, which is something so many people are not even aware that you can do provides enormous peace of mind in terms of, you know, times of crisis where, you know, if the market tanks 20%, 30%, um, you're able to walk away with your your cash intact. And that, that's priceless. Likewise, you know, if you're a landlord and you've got investment property, having, you know, landlord insurance is crucial to make sure that that asset that you have is is well maintained. Um, and they're not exciting areas to talk about, but they're, they're crucial from that peace of mind perspective. You, you can't sidestep it. It's a major part of the world of financial planning.
1: All right. Well, let's take that a step further now. Let's go into what we deem as risk insurance. So if we start off maybe with life insurance, yeah. pretty hard hitting, um, but there is some considerations you've drawn up for, for our listeners there. Yeah, look, life insurance, you know, what happens when you die?
0: Uh, and Tough question. It is, and it's a, it's a philosophical one, and it's one that will vary materially throughout your lifetime, depending on you know, the stage of life and the circumstances in which you live. Yeah, and for some people, they're just like, "Well, I'm gone. Who cares? Not my problem. I'm done." Um, but that can change quite materially if you've got a, a family, particularly a young family. Uh, it can change materially if you've got debt, uh, and it can change materially um, if you if you don't particularly have an estate that you want to leave things to as well. So you know, it's, it's something that you 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 really need to take some time and care over. And I guess the obvious one, you know, one of the things that we Often see with clients there's, there are two primary issues when it comes to to life insurance, and one is called overinsurance, and the other one is is underinsurance. So if, if we start with underinsurance, let's say you know you've you've got a, a seven hundred grand mortgage, uh, you've got three dependent children, so they're twelve years of age and under, and you've got a life insurance policy of. Say eight hundred and fifty grand. So you die, uh, and your estate, assuming you've got what's called a binding death nomination, and with all of this again, it's very, very important to get appropriate advice to you. This is very general in terms of the conversation we're having today. So sitting down with a specialist, and we can assist with that one-on-one to work out what your circumstances. It's crucial. There's no one-size-fits-all with this. So you're in that situation where you've got eight fifty of life insurance. thing. well, you know, that's everything covered. But in reality, uh, were you to die, uh, and the mortgage is then paid off with that insurance. Policy, for example, that leaves your surviving partner with 150 grand to bring up three kids. With it's not the, a lot. With potentially the primary income earner in the household no longer around, uh, and that will be an example I would say that you're underinsured, where um, I guess your insurance provisioning isn't enough to cover the legacy that you might want to leave behind to provide a, a more supportive financial uh, backdrop for your for your surviving family members to to, to better get past uh, past the trauma and get on with their life.
1: Now, assuming there's probably a formula out there that you can actually work out what you need for an insurance perspective? Yeah, look, it it comes down to the standard of living,
0: amongst other things. You know, if you've got three kids in a private school versus three kids in a state school, for example, it's going to be a material difference in terms of of what that policy might look like. As, As an example of just one such... Such variable. That's why it's important to sit down one on one and talk to talk
1: to your advisor on this, so it's tailored exactly to what you need. It takes me back to my uni days. Actually, I think they made us do this: calculate mm. people's insurance, what they need. Yeah, actuaries work out that sort of stuff. Is, it's uh,
0: I think Bond Uni uh, is the only. is one of the few courses in Australia that's actually got a bachelor of actuary. Actuarial studies.
1: science. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Talking fun. to the
0: professor that brought it in there just the other day. Yep. Um, so that's an example of underinsurance um, in a raw way. Um, equally, part of that, you need to have what's called a binding death nomination, which is where your insurance policy goes uh, on, on your passing, uh, especially if it's something that's within your super. Now, on the other side of the equation is overinsurance. So let's say you know, you've been um, you know, a senior executive, you've obviously had debt and a mortgage, you've had kids, but you've gotten older, the kids are off your hands, they're no longer dependent, uh, they don't rely on you for their income, you know, they've got their own career and they're working the mortgage is all paid off, that's under control. And you've still got say, let's just pick a number of four or $5 million life insurance policy. Um, as to whether you need that, it, it is questionable insofar as you don't have any debt or any dependents that are relying upon you. So yeah, you're gonna leave a lump sum to your surviving partner potentially or whatever other beneficiary that you might nominate. Um, but you're paying a fair bit out in premium every month for something that really you probably don't need. And I guess that sort of leads to the, the balance it will change as your circumstances move along, and it's why with things like date night and, and and our annual money checklist that these are things that are really important to go through to say, well, you know, have what's changed in your life, like you know, if you had another child or um, or, or, or something along those sorts of lines, that would require you to change the way you've got your insurance policy set up and the sort of quantum of it. So, you yeah, know, by and large, that's that's an example of um, two of the biggest pitfalls in there. I think also. Um, one of the things that people can fall foul of with life insurance is a switch from having a, a normal superannuation fund to a self-managed super because typically there's a life insurance policy that sits within super. Uh, and if you close a super off to set up a self managed you roll out of it. And if you haven't had advice, and this is, again, the crucial thing we've talked about, making sure that you have the team around you to hold your hand, to guide you through each and every one of these steps to keep things crisp and on point. Um, You try and do it on the cheap. You find a, you know, I can get my super set up for, you know, half of nothing in terms of costs by doing it online, but there's no advice with it. And you didn't realize that you don't have a life insurance policy anymore and, and, and you're happily going about your business without life insurance and all of a sudden that can come back and bite your estate really, really badly. So yeah, when you move to an SMSF, it's important to make sure either you set up a new insurance policy uh, to go alongside that um, or you leave a residual balance elsewhere uh, and and you've got that life insurance there. One of the key things to understand is if you've got multiple supers, uh, you may well be paying for multiple life policies, but you typically will only get one payout when you die. So you're paying for a policy that you're probably never going to benefit from well and again this is the importance of having access to experts that can walk you through this stuff.
1: Consolidation in that respect. 100% right?
0: and again yeah, you know th- th- they might seem like baby steps for some people or, or very obvious you know for others but nonetheless they're crucial to, to sort of help you within your financial uh, success
1: journey. Let's talk about TPD now AB so total partial disability so you mm-hmm. get hurt at work. I know from my understanding the claim can differ depending on the nature of your job, your employment, and then what actually happens to you, right? Yeah. So TPD,
0: Total Permanent Disability, means that you're unable to perform your, your career path that you're on. Uh, in the way that you need to be able to. Typically, it's a physical thing. So um, let's say you're a tree lopper, uh, for example, and I can assure you that you know, it's an expensive premium if you're a tree lopper oh, yeah. um, and, and you have an injury where let's say you lose an arm, heaven forbid, but you've lost your arm, you're probably not likely to be able to work as a tree lopper anymore. In the world of TPD, you can get policies that mean you can't work in your chosen profession anymore, or it may be that you can't work in any profession and obviously, there's a degree of seriousness uh, with the injury that denotes where those sit, but also what you do for a living as well. So, if you're in a clerical role and, and you, 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 you break your arm or, 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 or lose the ability uh, to walk properly, you could probably still perform some sort of function within the clerical world. But if you're a, a surgeon, whether that's a tree surgeon or on people for that matter, and you lose your sight, it's you cannot work in that profession. And it's less likely you're going to be able to work in any profession because it's more of a, an inhibitor, so to speak. So there are grades of things that will impact on, on your ability to make that claim and how fulsome that claim would be versus, well, look, we know you can't do what you used to do, but you can still work. So you're going to get some level of payout versus a gotcha. full payout.
1: So if, you're, if you've got an SMSF, from my understanding, it is tax deductible, your TPD, is that correct? Yeah, it is in, in superannuation
0: it is, but it's not tax deductible outside. And again, this is why the structuring conversations that we've had previously uh, are so, so important to make sure that you're allocating deductible expenses to an area where you can get the benefit. And it, it may well be if you're receiving a benefit from an insurance policy that there's then tax to pay on, on the receiving side. But in a way, when you think about insurance, and I go back to our initial sort of gambit of the trade-off between you know, that peace of mind versus the cost, ideally, you don't want to be someone that has to make an insurance claim. I don't get to the end of the year going, oh, I'm so happy I got to make an insurance claim on my car insurance. I prefer not. my no-claims bonus and, and, and not to have needed it because it means I've had a, an accident-free year where, where life is good. But when the balloon does go up, I, I do want that payout. In just the same way, that's how you should be viewing these sorts of things. And yes, they are a cost, but they do give that peace of mind. So if you can get a deduction on the benefit, chances are you're never gonna to need to make the claim. And so you get the tax deduction on the benefit on, on the on the contribution to the insurance policy is good. And if you never make a claim, you've got tax benefit there. And Unfortunately, if you if you do find yourself falling foul where well, you need to make a claim, well, yeah, there may well be some tax to claim but uh, or to pay, should I say, uh, but you, you kind of live with that because gotcha. um, that's how
1: you are. Let's talk now, the third part would be income protection. Mm. So this is can be can be crucially important for you. What kind of formulae do most insurance companies work on? How do you get it and how does it work? So income protection is another great insurance. And a, again, it can be a tax
0: deductible for you. Um, Effectively, you can claim up to 70% of your previous income paid in monthly installments and, and typically into perpetuity, which is you know, a really nice uh, policy to have. Um, and the sort of circumstances that can come into play for that are typically illness, whether that's mental illness or, 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 or a physical accident that prevent you from uh, from being able to, to do what you do with the level of competence that you could previously. And again... Yeah, the, these are crucial steps. If you're in a really specialist area, and again, I'll go back to someone that's a surgeon, for example. Um, a, a, a previous surgeon I had uh, did some knee work with had uh, contracted hepatitis through work through an accident in the theatre. And, and as a surgeon, he's unable to, to practice as a surgeon anymore. Ever again. Mm. Oh, that's so sad. And that's a crushing blow, unfortunately, for this guy because he's an absolute genius and at the tip-top peak of his game uh, and was unable to... To, to function at that higher income level uh, of the decades of experience to get to that and having a, a good income protection policy. Um, you know, It's meant that he's able to maintain his, you know, his lifestyle and support his family um, due to circumstances where he's unable to work. And that's an example of something physical. And, you know, you get people that maybe had, you know, long-term stress leave where they've become victim of a trauma or have had a nervous breakdown uh, and various things like that. Um, you know, and there's a level of proof that's required. You can't go, look, I've had a guts full of work. I'll take a, a 30% pay cut and just claim my income protection and sit in the corner sort of... Barking and go. I've lost my marbles, where's my payout? There are assessments that you need to go through in order to qualify for these things, as you'd expect, because insurance companies don't like, don't like paying out if they don't have
1: to. Um, but it's there for a, a valid reason. The surgeon's a really good example of that. So in summary of these three, A, B, what strikes me the most is that getting this structured properly and the advice yep. correct to make sure. It's like everything, Mitch. You, you, it's all about structure. It's all about
0: getting the right advice to get the fit that's, that's really right for you. Uh, and there may be that there are things that we've talked about today that particularly life insurance, which I would say is is largely generic and applies for most people, maybe TPD or income protection is something that you may be more circumspect on. But, you know, life insurance at the minimum, uh, depending on your circumstances, is, you know, is something that's absolutely crucial. So, you know. I guess we always like to leave people with a bit of an action plan. And, and, and look, I mean, this one's a short and sweet. We can go on and talk more about it. It's a pretty depressing subject of what you do when the wheels though, come right? off. But well, it's one of those things, always prepare for the worst, expect the best. Uh, and if the ball drops somewhere in between, well, you know, that's that's kind of where you're at. And insurance is is a good example of that. But there are some action points that I think we should leave people with to. um to make sure that they're being proactive in this. Number one, make sure you've got these things in play. It's so easy to miss it on a checklist, especially if you've just been doing your own thing and you haven't had advisors in the past. So number one, do you have life insurance? Do you have TPD? Do you have income protection? You may not have TPD and income protection. It might be one or the other. Um, But um, yeah, you probably want to look fairly closely at that. And then secondly, if you have, is to make an assessment as to how Appropriate the coverage levels are that you have because it may well be that you, you know, you had uh, income protection um, or, or TBD when you were in a certain job, and maybe your role has changed or your income has changed quite substantially. and Has that insurance kept up with it? Because if your income's gone up, chances are your expenses have now as well, and you need to make sure that the policy is grown, you know, accordingly to make sure that it's, it's giving you the level of coverage you need. And that's probably, I'd say, even more true uh, for life insurance because. That annual review at the minimum, I think is so crucial when there's a major milestone change. So you might've bought a couple of properties and, and so now you've got some investment loan debt, uh, had further children. Um, there are examples where you'd need to expand coverage, um, you know, in your instance as a, as a lone wolf right now with with, with no kids, that, that will change. So you get to the point where, yeah, you've already got properties, and 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 so you probably have some level of mortgage insurance that goes with that. But that may switch into in, into something that's more personal to assess or, or to to be able to distribute amongst the people that are important to you. Um, so you know when there's a material change in your circumstance, you've got to look at that and and probably increase it in most cases. And then as you get towards the 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 other end of the financial planning spectrum, is that okay? Yeah, I'm paying a lot in life here. I don't have any debt. Um, the kids are off their hands, thank God. They're finally grown up, and and they're not in the in the, at home eating us out of house and home, and that they're well set up. So, you know, let's let's start peel that back and, and enjoy it. And instead of paying for my life insurance, is going to have a cruise around the Antarctic or whatever might be the thing uh, that you choose to do with your with your coin. Um, but there are there are decisions that you can make when you're aware that you don't need that insurance as much as perhaps what you used to. Maybe that you do want everyone to have the pile of cash when you go and have a decent send-off party as well. I mean, everyone's different. But again, it's why you have these conversations with your advisor one-on-one so that you can tailor it. And I think also there's a there's a level of shopping around. I mean, you've just done a refinance on, on one of your investment properties, which yep. is really smart to do. We talk about it in our annual checklist for a reason, and it saved you yep, quite a considerable amount Absolutely. of money. Absolutely, yeah. Um, in just the same way, I think with insurance, oftentimes insurance companies are looking to, let's say, look to buy market share to get new clients in the door. And it can be the case. It's kind of a strange way to do business, but it's what it is, where you'll offer new clients an incentive to to move to you as a firm. So you may find that as a new client walking in the door, your premium might be even be cheaper than someone's an existing customer, which, as I say, is a bizarre way to do business. So I thought you'd probably look after your customers harder, but there we go. Um, and so shopping around for more competitive life insurance, I think, is is actually a good thing to do. Um, but there are some barbs in that particular hook that you need to be minded of. Shopping around, you might get a cheaper quote. So you And and then look, a savings is as good as a profit. If you can save yourself 100 bucks a month, um, all counts. It all adds up. to twelve hundred bucks a year. If someone said, "Here, here's, here's a here's a grand two hundred. Do you want it?" Most people would probably go, "Yeah, I think I will." Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, thanks for that. And You'd say so. Especially if everything, yeah, you know, is is stays exactly the same, and you've got got all the previous sort of benefits. Where I think you have to be careful with insurance shopping around is that number one, it's got to be comparable cover and. Um, sometimes when you read the small print, it may not be. Uh, secondly, there can be exclusion periods uh, before that cover is valid as well. And that's again something to be very minded of. And they become particularly important if you've got clients that have got health issues. And, and, and I know there's not a correlation between the two, but it, it probably is common sense to an extent as you're getting older, there may be the potential for more health challenges. And so you know, you've know you got to be quite minded when you're getting older about switching policies around. Secondly, I think if you've had um, you know some form of illness um... You may find it quite hard to move, or if you move, the the, the premium is going to be substantially higher. Uh, and 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 equally, you know, let's say you've got some mental illness challenges, depression, for example, you'll find you know, moving around is cost prohibitive because life insurance com- insurance companies don't like insuring people that s- suffer from depression because the of risk of suicide and, and and things of that nature. So there are considerations. Just because it looks cheaper, you might find that you move there and there's there's an exclusion on your policy um, that says you know, we're, we're not covering you for the previous illness. That you've had, which is more than likely why you need the life insurance anyway. Yeah. So there are a couple of things to um, to, to to kind of be minded of. There's more than that. Again, this is just to give people a general flavour of why insurance is important because ultimately peace of mind is is absolutely crucial. Um, and a couple of little pitfalls to watch out for. So yeah, have that conversation with your advisor. Get get it in the right structure. Get the right level of coverage. And continue to review it, particularly as your circumstances change. I think would be a a reasonable game plan in the insurance space, uh, and to the other points that we kicked off with, yeah, you know, we insure in the stock market, we insure in property. Yeah, insurance is a, a necessary evil if you want peace of mind. Uh, yes, it's a cost. Uh, if you can make it a tax deductible, even better. Uh, it's going to help your bottom line, um, and it's just one of those things that you you simply have to live with. Not not an inspiring and an exciting conversation to be having but um, but nonetheless are very, very important. You know, it's like breathing. Let's talk about breathing. That's not especially exciting but
1: if you don't think done. it's important, see how you feel about just taking your last breath and you go, no, yeah. why am I taking another one? Well, five kids under eight, I'd hate to see your insurance policies, but needless to say, probably well-organised and well-needed. Well, needed. well uh, my kids are properly dependent. I mean, they're sort of between 18 months
0: and eight years old. So you yeah. know, to, 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 if you sort of extrapolate that out and look at the, the, the projected expenditure line for you know education and horses in the case of my daughter and yeah, lifestyle expenses, food, food alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't remind me of that. It's motorbikes. Motorbikes. The list goes on. I mean, you've seen what it's like at our joint. It's a zoom at the, uh, zoo at the best of the times. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it's just what it is. And, and that's for the next period of time until they're not dependent. You know, I'm fortunate financially I don't have debt, so worried about loans and things like that is, is not the issue. But making sure my kids and, and, and my wife um, are able to to withstand, um, you know, the financial shock of, of, of the primary earner not being there is is crucial. And it's people take a different level of responsibility. Morally, as, as a father, I'd be unconscionable to leave my kids uh, and my family and my wife, you know, in a financially distressed position. It would be, especially being someone that's in the financial literacy space, you've got to practice what you preach. And so, yes, I am very well insured and, uh, and tend to stay that way uh, until we manage to crowbar these kids out of the nest and get them they into got life. a few years yet a B yeah I know it's a, it's a long road ahead so I'm sure my insurance broker which is internal so that's probably good news for me anyway <laughs> is rubbing their hands with the renewal of that policy but you know that's the reality of it and and and, and things do change they do change and, and and you've got to be very minded of that and I think you know just setting yourself up with a good annual timetable for looking at these things even if it's not a fun thing uh, an interesting thing or, or even remotely exciting to talk about, it's a necessary evil. Just in the same way that talking about your insurance on your home isn't. Um, you yeah, go, well, don't worry, I haven't, got, I haven't got a building insurance in my house that I live in and then the place catches on fire or a tree yeah. falls down and goes through it. And it's like, oh, poor me, I've got nowhere to live. That's why you've got to pay, pay the premium. gives you that peace of mind. Couldn't have said it better myself, AB. Thank you very much for your insight today. Absolute pleasure any time, Mitch. yeah you have it, guys, make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.